Welcome to Love Your Family again and again and again and again, the podcast where we focus on parenting with love and clarity. I'm Dr. Marcy, a family culture expert who for over 20 years has been helping parents to create happy and strong families. Well, welcome. I am here with Christian, who is a dad and is going to share all about his family today. And I'm really excited because we did a little pre-chat about what's to come. So hang on because it's going to be awesome. Christian, first and foremost, welcome and tell us about your family. Thank you so much, Marcy. Um, pleasure to be a guest on your show. I've been really excited to get this opportunity. A little bit about my family. It's currently me and my girlfriend. We are raising our seven-year-old daughter who thinks she's 17, but it's been an experience this whole time and we really love it. Amazing. I love that. So what's your daughter's name? Her name is Malia. Malia. That's beautiful. All right. I just, you know, like to be able to call people by their names. So, so you and Malia and your girlfriend, when you guys are having a bit of a crunchy day and you need to do something to just change the energy, get back on track with having fun all together, what is your go-to glitter? If it's something in the household, it has to be uh, watching music videos. And we actually go back and forth between music that is currently out and then music that I listened to when I was younger, and then music that came out before I was even born. And we kind of like bridged the gap. Uh, so that's something that we all genuinely love. We all have our own individual songs, but then we have songs that we like together as a family as well. I love that. I think that is, I think this is the first time that I've heard the go-to glitter is music, which is awesome because it can completely change. So here's my question. Who gets to decide which music video? Okay, so it starts with Malia. She starts as the DJ. Um, after about seven or eight songs of hers, I'm like, all right, Malia, can we like switch it up? Can we please listen to some other music? The good thing is uh, a lot of songs that are coming out now have been sampled from songs that came out when I was a kid. So she actually has a really good ear and can tell which song was sampled. So that's also something that we do while we're listening and watching these videos. So there's education happening along with entertainment. Definitely. I love it. So you don't have the classic, you know, kids thinking that, that their parents' music is just dumb and old and liking something different. You can all enjoy similar, some similar music. Yes, definitely. She actually comes across it on her own sometimes. I would say a lot of it is definitely through like, you know, TikTok now, they're recreating some of these songs with like dance challenges. Then she'll come and say, can can you download this song for me? And then I'll give her a little backstory of like, who's in the song, who made the song, uh, things like that. So that's how it kind of just takes a life of its own. And she, believe me, she can hear artists from the 90s and 2000s and know exactly who it is. That's amazing. Yeah. She probably, I'm, I'm guessing she's better at this tactic than, than I am that like <laughs> she would beat me in a what song is this contest she might she might beat a lot of people I'm not gonna lie Re okay all right I love it that seems like a great because that's also one of those activities that you can do anywhere right anywhere anytime yeah. any place as long as you have your phone on you which let's face it we all do um 
it, it works. And it's also tre- teaching her a really amazing coping mechanism, right? So I think of, usually when I think of parenting, it's like, how do we navigate those hard moments? And yeah. music being such a good tool and her having such a good ear and it being a family bonding experience makes me go, oh, she's going to have that as a mechanism, as a coping skill for her life, which is huge. Yes, I, I agree. That. Yeah. Awesome. So since I can't chat about music that much longer than this, unless you're going to teach me some things, tell me what's been on your mind or heavy on your heart in your parenting that you've been thinking about for us to explore. Yeah, I think um, one thing that really sticks out to me, granted, I think my parents did a great job, not only with myself, but my older sister, is how to continue to build on that, but like take it to like the next level, right? Um, Just being exposed to so much through work, I want to try to find a way to like really remove barriers throughout her life, still have her go through her experiences, but how can I make this journey for her that much easier, that much enjoyable? Uh, So I'm just constantly thinking of ways that like I can improve as a parent. One is like swimming classes after school, um, making sure that I'm engaged with her, not only for like fun moments, but then sitting with her, doing her homework every day. Um, a lot of those things have been really, really pressing on my mind. I love it. Um, I mean, I, I like you had really amazing parents and we live in a different world with different, different challenges and different advantages now. And our kids are, are, being raised differently. They need different support, especially coming through the past three years and all that that has been. And then in general, no matter how great our parents were, there's always better. There's always something else that we can shift, that we can learn to bring more forward. So I love that that is your perspective because it's also, we parent the way we were parented. You know, there's so much that just kind of osmosed into us from our family that we then pass along if we don't stop and think about it. I agree. I, one thing that is a big difference is I would say a lot for me, right? Especially with the internet boom uh, and the way it is currently, we weren't as exposed to as much as kids. So a lot of the things that went on were like in your neighborhood, in your town, in your school. Uh, if you weren't there, you didn't really know about it unless someone told you. And at that point, you had to just believe what they're saying. Uh, kids now, they're exposed to so much more uh, at such a young age. And trying to navigate that and keep them on like a, a straight path as well, regardless of how you were raised, it changed so much into like what they're capable of doing, what they know about, you know. So I think that that is really uh something that's interesting to me too and trying to make sure that I monitor that as well. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. So how do you, because everything's at their fingertips, right? For us, it was like, there was the seven o'clock news. You either watch it or you didn't. As a kid, I never watched it, right? When I was seven, it was like the news was something my parents watched. I never paid attention. And if there was something we needed to know, our teachers in school taught us about it. Yeah. But it wasn't this like, at my fingertips, I just open technology, whether it's an iPad or a phone or, you know, whatever they're on and they have access to everything. Yeah. And so what are some of the ways, and then maybe we can brainstorm some additional ways that you are helping her digest that information? Cause I'm not sure that the solution 
is to not give our kids technology. I think they're going to be exposed. I agree. I agree. Well, one thing that's really pressing, I, I try to mix the old with the new. So just as much as my daughter loves to be on her iPad, um, sometimes playing games, whether it's watching videos on YouTube, she really loves playing with like her kitchen set. She really loves playing with dolls still. She does a lot of arts and crafts. I think um, having that balance is really important because you don't want them to not understand the technology. That's just the way the world is going. But I think the the playing with, within yourself, like taking a box and being creative, having imagination, that's dying a bit. So if I can kind of continue to bridge the gap with that and keep her honest in those ways. Um, that's that's the main thing that I do. Obviously I check all of what she's watching and stuff on her on her iPad, but really giving her a sense of like, this isn't just the world. You know, you still have to go out and experience things. You still have to do things, you know, when you're not necessarily on your iPad and watching TV. So that's definitely my method uh, right now. I love that. I love that so much. The reality that technology is not the whole world. The the <laughs> perspective that there is so much more that we can be doing and living in the 3d world right so that she has to come and she has you know playing with her kitchen set or doing arts and crafts the like getting your hands dirty playing with actual materials i guess saying actual materials to a kitchen set is a little weird but (laughs) because it's pretend stuff but it's you know she can hold the pretend teacup and have a pretend tea party all of that is so powerful and so the balance, it sounds like my guess is she doesn't fight you with having that time. Oh, no. Okay, awesome. Yeah, not at all. Because for some families, technology can be really addictive. And so the balance of coming off technology and playing in the real world is is hard. So just thinking about how do you create those boundaries, but it sounds like that's not a challenge for you, which is awesome. Yeah, no, we give her like time limits. So I'll be honest, I don't want to boast and brag about this girl too much, but I always tell people I got lucky. Like, I don't really have too many issues. She'll come home from school. She'll take her homework out, do her homework, eat a snack, asking what's for dinner. And then after that, she'll like play around, do stuff, maybe an hour an hour, 15, 30, the most that she's either playing games or watching some videos. And then when when I tell her like, hey, you know, let your iPad charge or like, you know, get ready for school, go take a bath. Like it's instant. There's no pushback, no anything. Um, but I also think it is part of getting her to be exposed to, like I said, the arts and crafts and things of that nature. Yeah. So I'm going to give some credit to you. Oh, I appreciate it. Because while kids, yeah, because while kids have their own natural disposition, right? And so some kids just have a harder time with transition or a harder time with boundaries. That's that's real and true. Yeah. There's also a way that you have set up structures in your family to have those boundaries be clear. To say, we're not going to be on the screen for 10 hours, and then I'm going to randomly ask you to come off of it, right? You just described a routine that happens in your home every after af- every day after school. Yes. You are you are part of creating that routine. Whether she organically was doing it or yeah. you guided it is probably a little bit of a little bit of both sides of it. So my other guess is that when you give her a direction when you say go charge your iPad. Yeah. If and when she has ever given you pushback, you're like, "No, we're going to go charge it now." And you were clear with that boundary. So she learned when dad tells me to go put my iPad 
on the charger, I have to go do it. Yes. So while some of that is who she is innately, that she is going to follow directions more easily than perhaps some other kids, some of that is also your intentional parenting. Yeah. And we, and it's definitely myself and her mother. We do a great job at it. Um, I don't think parents always get it right, um, but we constantly critique ourselves. Um, we think about how we handle situations with her and we talk about it, you know, like if I can see like maybe I'm a little bit more flustered with an interaction, we call it like good cop, bad cop. Like both of us can't be like flustered, you know, like one person has to see like, okay, he's clearly not like good right now or she's not good right now. Let me be the mediator. Let me fix these situations. And then after we we really take a deeper dive of like, how can we have changed that interaction? How can we improve on that if that happens again next time? Uh, because she's also really emotional. She's really in touch with her emotions. Uh, probably the first time I ever heard a kid say, I had happy tears, right? So she doesn't uh, like cry just necessarily because something didn't go well, but she cries when she's happy. So like, we want to encourage that as much as possible. So that's why we're really, really strict on like how we're raising her, how we speak to her, how we tell her like, hey, you got to switch this or do something different. So yeah, really, really exciting time because learning a lot about ourselves as well. Yes. Okay. So I am sitting over here having a little party <laughs> in my own space because so much of what you are doing as a parent is so good, right? So yeah. I want to highlight what it is because I think you know it, but if you like name it and give a framework, then yeah. you can really see it. Okay. One of the big things is that you are parenting your child the way she needs to be parented, not the way you want to do it. Yes, I agree. Right? Yeah, I learned you that were like over time. That's not something that I knew when she was younger. Ah, so how'd you learn that? Um... Because it, I, so, and no knock to anybody, not bashing anybody, love my parents to death. My father was really strict. He's from Jamaica. So the way that he uh, raised, especially me as a, as a male, everything was more stern. You had to be the man of the household. Um, I didn't want to reciprocate that. You know, I understand that times were different then. Um, maybe that felt like it was needed, but I didn't want to be that parent to her. You know, so even if I felt like I was mad, um, I tried to think to myself, like, she is however old she is at the time, four, five, six. Um, she doesn't understand everything that I might understand. So try to meet her where she's at and get her to understand. Um, I saw someone say before, if you keep delivering the same message and the message is not getting through, then you're the problem. Mm -hmm. You have to obviously change how you're delivering the message. So that's something that I really um, honed in and try to like perfect in a sense. Yes. I love that. And that, I mean, that is a huge topic in parenting that I feel like I talk about yeah. a lot is that we keep doing the same thing and are surprised that our kids are having a hard time or are surprised that things didn't go as expected, but behavior is yeah. a pattern. It's a routine. It, it happens over and over and over again. So if we are doing the same thing, and it's not working, we have to change. And yeah. it feels like a novel com concept in a lot of parenting circles is that we, the grownups, have to be the ones to change first. 
I am constantly learning and growing as a person because my job is to teach other people how to learn and grow. And if I'm not learning and growing, it's so easy to forget how hard that is. Same thing with parenting. Your job as a dad is to help your daughter learn and grow. So you need to go first and model that of how do I keep showing up to be the best person for you? And it sounds like you're doing that, which is awesome. And when things aren't working, we have to change it and try something different, even if it is outside our comfort zone or our standard logic. Like a lot of the behavioral strategies that I use in parenting are not parental instincts, but are very logical once you know it. Right. So there's this amazing world that can open up when you start thinking critically about who you are as a parent, how your kid needs to be raised, as opposed to how were you raised and what is your natural inclination to do, which is awesome. And I love the, the compliment you are giving to your family of you love your dad. You know that he raised you well. He did the best he could with what he knew at the yeah. time. And clearly, he did a good job looking at who you are as a person today. Oh, thank you. Right? Like, what he did served you. And now, with your family, you get to look at what serves your daughter. And I agree. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of times, and what you said was important, um, doing the best that they can with what they had at those times is really, really important to understand. A lot of times I would hear people that's around my age say like, oh, my parents could have done something different or, oh, like, this is one that actually makes me laugh when, when they was like, oh, well, my parents didn't invest in like stocks and stuff like that. Um, I laugh because the opportunities that were around at the time completely different ball game than what we're exposed to what we have at our disposal um even if you think about industries that were really prominent right a lot of the the work was more blue collar work uh that a lot of families were involved in there's no remote roles there's no working from home uh there's just so many more opportunities that we have now and i think that's something that our generation probably doesn't completely understand and they just think, oh yeah, they should have just done this. Uh, Believe me, if they were (laughs) this age now, they probably would be doing these things, you know? So understanding that is just completely different than what they had to experience their childhood, where they came from, what they've seen before you were even a person um, really, really makes it that much easier to be um, a little bit more critical on how you parent as well. Well, and the other thing that you're doing, which I don't know if you're, I don't know if you know that you're doing this, but I love it, is that rather than looking at the problem and complaining about it, right, my parents didn't do this or this didn't happen, which it can be important to acknowledge that, to see it. Yes, some parents didn't do things yeah. that we wish they did. But what you do is you then flip it and you look at your solution oriented. Okay, well, I now have the opportunity to buy stocks, to raise my child different, to work from home, to whatever it is. I have an opportunity that my parents didn't, and I'm not going to spend my energy emotionally beating them up, beating myself up for what wasn't. I'm going to look at what is and how I can excel from here. That solution oriented perspective changes 
everything. It took for me to have a kid, though. Like, I I don't want to make it seem like I just knew these things my whole adult life. Um, and then not even really the first, I would say maybe like year three or four, it started to click like how hard it is to be a parent. Like if you if you really are invested, you want to be there, you want to help your child develop, you start to think back of like, man, how did my mom do that? How did they get past all of these things? How did they find more money <laughs> during the holiday time, right? Like it, it took for that to happen for me to say like, okay, I need to look at this completely different, like flip it on its head and uh, use that to my advantage and see how I can just slowly but surely start making those things less of a burden in a sense. So you can really enjoy those times. You know, I could only imagine how it was, like how stressful the back end of being a parent was, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Like I really can't imagine it. Which gives you having that perspective, right? Even if this is a new perspective, right? It it yeah. goes to the it goes to the concept that we never stop learning and growing if we don't want to stop learning and growing. And this conversation is based on who you are today and who I am today. And it would have been different on all sides, whether it was two years ago or five years ago or 10 years ago, right? So yeah, that evolution piece is really important to recognize so that we don't beat ourselves up for who we weren't, but celebrate who we are. And again, that solution-oriented perspective allows you to have appreciation for all that your parents were able to do as opposed to regret, anger, you know, pick pick an emotion for what they didn't or couldn't do. Because again, the world is a different place. And so recognizing the barriers that were there in all sorts of ways, right? Their own individual barrier of just their own perspective in their own head and the systemic situations that existed in the world back then, right? The the structures yep. that were in place that led to, to how they parented or didn't and how they overcame over that. So you saying like, I can't imagine how hard it was back then gives so much grace to the fact that they gave you all that they did. Like, where did the extra money at the holidays come from? How'd they do that? Which allows you to go, well, how do I do that? Exactly. (laughs) But also allows you to go like, oh, wow, that year that I didn't get everything I wanted for the holidays, but they got me something really cool. That was was a miracle. That was magic that they created. If that can be part of what you bring forward into your family to teach your daughter, like we can't always do everything. But what we do, we're going to do really well. And we are thinking about you. You can start embedding that perspective so that she has a sense of appreciation instead of entitlement. So that, and she might not get the whole big picture of everything you have right now. Yeah. But you can start teaching that perspective for her. So uh, just what you were talking about, like teaching her that perspective, two things. One, I actually apologized to my mom because I felt like I was, I didn't understand. Like I didn't understand and I wasn't the easiest to raise. My my sister, she was like like the perfect child. But me, I was probably the biggest headache growing up. And 
just how you said, like, so she can appreciate things. Uh, she's really spoiled because my sister doesn't have any kids. Malia's my only daughter at the moment. Um, she gets things from both sides of the family. She has so much stuff that every so often we collectively donate. Like we will go through her things and she loves donating her stuff. Like she, I try to explain to her, I'm like, Malia, you have so many things. You do not use all of these things. There are kids with less. There are kids with nothing. Let's give these away. Let's, you know, let them have some toys. Things that are not even used, old book bags that never used, books, pencils, supplies. So I think um, it really helped in regards to her just being more, she has way more gratitude when she does actually get something she wants or we take her out to the movies or an amusement park or dinner. Uh, she really understands it and she enjoys it. So that's something that I definitely would say. I implemented because I didn't understand that when I was a kid. Yes. Yes. So this idea, not only that you are parenting your daughter the way she needs to be raised, but you're also healing the lessons that you had to to become a grown up in order to learn. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is amazing. Love it. I love it. I love it. Because when we can teach our kids to understand and appreciate, especially in this world of access, right? Where, you know, yeah. Amazon Prime, I can get it within 24 hours. I can get it today if I need it. And I can eat anything I want at any moment I want to, right? We live in this world where everything is at our fingertips. And teaching her to still appreciate when she gets it in her hands is such a hard thing to teach because it's not a one-off lesson. It has to become sort of some of the fabric of how you think about the world and how you parent your child. So the fact that every once in a while you go through and do this donation piece, that you're teaching her the appreciation of going to dinner is not an expectation. Even if you do it every week, it's still not an expectation. It is still a treat. It is still something to to be grateful for. Even if every Friday night we go to dinner. Yeah. Because we can appreciate our routines and our regularity. All the stuff she has, it is amazing to be that kind of loved of the of the only grandchild at the moment, right? That that she gets oh, all of the love listen, from all the people. She is spoiled by everyone. The good thing is she has great manners. I laugh because uh she hangs out with my grandmother sometimes and I just, she doesn't understand, like, these people are way older than us. You know, they're way older than me. If she sees grandparents on either side, um, uncles, aunts, older cousins, she hangs out with them, you know, like, as if there's people that are her age, but respectful. You know what I mean? So she doesn't see that barrier. Um, I think it's something that's really good um, because she doesn't, you know... I don't want to say this in a bad way, but she doesn't put anyone above her. You know, everybody's at like an equal playing field. She respects and treats everyone the same. Um, but it gives her so much more knowledge because she's learning from so many different people that experience so many different things. So that's one thing that I do love that she actually does often. I love that. Because what I'm hearing is that she doesn't put anybody on a pedestal, but she also doesn't treat anybody. She doesn't treat anybody like she is on the pedestal. Right. That humans are humans and deserve to be treated with kindness and respect. And she does that across the uh, (laughs) board. She does that across the board. And that 
that's a gift because that that tells me that she can make anyone feel special mm-hmm. and that she also can walk into any room and be comfortable. And that's a big deal. I think deal. that's going to be big. Yeah, when she gets older, right now she doesn't understand that because a lot of kids don't do that, you know. Yeah. Um, but once she's with someone, man, she'll tell you about her day. She'll ask you questions. Like she, she'll ask me when I pick her up, like, "How was work today?" And it, it, it bugs me out. <laughs> it really does because I'm just like, "Well, how was your day? Like, how was school? You know what I mean? Like, don't worry too much about me, but I can appreciate that because like it just throws me off. She actually is concerned. She cares, you know. So like a lot of things. Like I said, I got lucky with her. Um, fingers crossed. All my kids are like that. Uh, but yeah, she's she's a special kid. And foster that in her, right? Like she is, she is magical just by who she is. And I want again highlight that you are then fostering those skills in her. You are you're yeah. not telling her she can't go talk to the to the aunties in that particular way. You're not telling her that's enough with grandma. Like come do the thing. You are allowing yeah. her to be herself and helping highlight the goodness in her. So foster that. Tell her that's her superpower so that she knows that that is special and remarkable. Tell her about your day. When she asks, tell her so that that concern for other people, that thoughtfulness is fostered. So she always does that, right? And maybe you just tell her, you know, two sentences about your day as opposed to, you know, 45 minutes about it, but honor that curiosity in her so so that it becomes part of just who she remains to be. Yeah. I give her a summary of it. Um, because I, just as much as I have my days, it didn't take for me to realize this until I dropped her off and I would pick her up from school and like, kids are like, bye Malia, bye Malia. And I'm like, wow, she is really living her own life. Like, yeah, I might've dropped her off to school and sometimes I disconnect cause like, okay, she's in school She's good. She got her stuff. If anything happens, they're going to reach out. But it's so much more than that. They're doing so much in that time frame. You know, they're interacting with other kids. They're learning. It's so it really surprised me, like the fact that she actually was concerned about my days. I'll tell her like, oh, yeah, I had a few calls today. It was actually good. Or I had a meeting. I didn't really like it. Uh, and and it it keeps her curious, you know, like she's always interested of like what I'm up to, what her mom is up to. Her mom is in healthcare, So she asks her like, how many patients did you have today? And I think that is so funny. But yeah, she she's serious. She genuinely, you know, cares and is concerned. So great. I, I enjoy raising her so much. That's awesome. I also, you can take those questions when she's like, how was your day? to not just tell her about your day, but also to teach her about being a person in the world. You can also use it to teach her about emotional intelligence. So you could say something like, I had a call with someone today and it made me so angry, but I had to be respectful on the call and I had to keep my cool and it was really hard. So I was glad it was a phone call, not a Zoom, because then I could like take some deep breaths and they didn't notice and I was pacing back and forth And when I got off the call, I went for a run because I was so mad and it really helped. I appreciate that. I didn't think about that, 
um, I'm definitely implementing that in my day to day. Uh, because sometimes I'll cut it off at like, oh, the meeting wasn't good. Or, yeah, I was dealing with these people and it just it wasn't the best conversation. But I never talk about how I got past that or how I moved from that, you know. But that's really, really actually a good suggestion. I, I really appreciate that. Good, good. Because sh- we often go with our kids like they don't need to know, right? She doesn't need to know mm-hmm. the details about what made something hard for you. And the logistical mm-hmm. details, she might not need to know that because it may be grown up stuff or it may be complex or we might not yeah. understand ourselves of like, why was that person such a poopy head? I don't know, but they were. Yeah. But going through like how it felt and how we resolved it will then teach our kids those skills. And every once in a while, there is a value in sharing what was hard. You know, I was on a call and someone was asking me for something I really wasn't comfortable providing. And so I had to figure out how I kept saying no, and they kept pushing. And I had to figure out, I ultimately said, look, I can't continue in this conversation because you keep asking for something I'm not willing to give you. And we ended the call and decided to check back in next week, right? So like the details of what they were asking and what was so hard doesn't matter, but the the options of like, you can actually say to someone, I'm going to hang up now. And we'll try again later because maybe we'll problem solve differently. You can teach her problem solving that way too. But the emotional content, given that you had said that she she has such big feelings in all directions, it's a beautiful way to teach her how to feel all her feelings. Yeah, without... I'm, I'm excited to actually implement that. Um, I don't know how I never thought about it. So I appreciate it uh, because she's going to deal with conflict at her level too, you know? And the one thing that I joke around with, with my friends is saying like, oh, when, when we had regents, that was the most important thing in the world. You know, when you had that end of school year test or when you were going to gym or whatever it is in our previous years of living was the most important thing at that time. So I tried to treat that the same way for things that are coming up with her. Like she'll get nervous sometimes and she's really smart, but she's like, I just want to do good on my tests. And like finding ways to have her be able to relax, be able to like focus, but still, like you said, feel those feelings. Um, But how do you move past that? I think that is something that is really going to just like have my wheels turning at this point. So I appreciate it. Good. You're, you're so welcome for that. And it's also right to your point, anxiety is anxiety. Anger is anger. Joy is Mm -hmm. joy. And we judge like, ah, it's just a test in first grade. Like it's not a big deal, but it's, it's the same thing as when you have to meet with an important client, like anxiety is anxiety. And so I love that you are giving it value and teaching her the tools of not just being like, ah, don't be, don't be nervous. It's fine doesn't really help our kids, but saying to them like, Hey, you're anxious. So let's, let's think about the best case scenario. You're feeling really anxious. Let's think about what have you done to know that you're prepared. So you're going to do great. Let's think about taking some deep breaths so our bodies can calm down so that she learns the skills to navigate her big feelings as opposed to just avoiding them or negating them or all of the things that, that we do that aren't as supportive but if she can learn it that now around a test in first grade that's a skill that will serve her for life when the stakes get bigger in our perspective 
I agree. Yeah. All right. So this has been a fabulous chat. So I want to know what is your one golden nugget? The one thing that if it's the only thing you remember from this call, you are going to take with you. Um, And we kind of like indirectly touched on this, but I would say just because I think she is great, she's in touch with her feelings and her emotions, don't necessarily take it for granted um, and actually foster that. Um, I don't want to just say, oh, she got it. And, you know, just kind of like let her do her own thing. Whereas like, again, she's going to come across problems of her own. She's going to come across uh, anxieties, whatever that may be, um, and sit there and work through those and give her the tools that like when she's out in the world on her own, she can actually utilize that to get through these these problems. So that's definitely the golden nugget for me. I love that one. That is a great one because that feels like the theme that came through on the bottom of all of them. Um, Well, Christian, thank you so much for being here as a guest, for sharing about your family. The enthusiasm you have for your daughter is awesome. Like it is contagious. So may she continue to be the wonderful, magical human that you know her to be and that all that you are doing to learn as a dad only enhance her and your whole family. Thank you so much, Marcy. It really, really was a pleasure. Truly enjoyed it. We'll have a follow-up one day. I love that plan. I'm in for that. We'll okay, we'll plan cool. it. All right. I hold you to it. Great. And I want updates between now and okay. the follow-up. I want updates. I love when I get positive stories of like, hey, remember that thing we talked about? This is what happened. Oh. Then I start dancing around my kitchen. It's great. <laughs> and thank you for listening. I know your time is precious and limited. I'm grateful that you shared it with us today. What's your one takeaway? Just one small step can make a big difference. Make sure you know when new episodes come out by subscribing here and joining my mailing list at drmarcy.com backslash podcast. Do you want to be a guest on a future episode of Love Your Family again and again and again and again? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash podcast guest and let me know. Finally, do you need individualized help for your family? Then go to drmarcy.com backslash contact and connect with my team to learn how we can help you. Remember, blue skies are ahead and we're going to get there together.